All right, so it has been uh, about three months since we last talked, I believe. We uh, we did a post-TI episode, right? Yeah, that's when we got uh, Zai and Matu, I believe. Yeah, we talked about the, the new liquid. So uh, <laughs> we the last episode was new liquid, and now this episode is going to be liquid... Champions of Western Europe Division One. Yup. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty exciting and then kind of a downer with no major, right? I mean it's just my life. It's like uh you know we do well and then it leads to nothing. And it's I don't know. I think um you know it's uh when we first made the team and we joined Liquid we put a lot of effort into doing like making those first two majors and like doing well at those first two majors. You know, we got uh-huh. top six at both, which um, is not a hundred percent, but very likely qualified us to TI. Um, yeah. And then it's like disappointment of not getting it and kind of being in limbo for such a long time and then not getting it. I think killed me inside a little bit. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to like the energy and that was tough. And it's like, you got to go do it all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm not like 20. I'm not like motivated in the same ways that I used to be when I was younger. Where I just have, the world is my oyster and time is effortless. And, you know, I can always look towards the long goals and stuff. Like I'm 31 now. I was 30 when the whole TI cancellation thing happened. I don't want to do this forever. I feel quite strongly about that. So, yeah. But it is what it is. And, you know, I don't want to just sit here feeling sorry for myself because people have it way worse than I do. And at the end of the day, I still get to do something pretty fun with my life. So it is what it is. Now, you, you say like, uh, you, you, it sounds like to me there's a lot of burden coming with coaching. But uh, I, from what I've read on Reddit, it sounds like uh, you're, you're just there to give back rubs to the players. What, uh, what, what's, what's so taxing about that? <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Like, um, you know, they just don't fire me for some reason. I have no idea. It's like a charity job at this point. Oh, that's really nice of them. <laughs> it's really sick, actually. I mean, I guess that's the... You know, I voiced my frustrations at that towards you. But it was more just I was... I felt good because we won the league. Yeah. I was happy and I was popping off. But uh, in reality, like, you know, realistically speaking, and I think you, we were talking about this, Nobody has any idea what any coach does. And if you do, yes. if you say you do, you're straight up lying. Like, you don't know the day-to-day at all. And so, you can assume it, but some people are giga-confident. Like, uh, this guy does this, and this guy does this, and this guy does this. You have no idea. Yeah, the, the, the hipster shout-out to like, oh, we can't forget about the coach. Uh, he's yeah. an integral part of the team. Like, no. <laughs> Like, I see the Reddit comments. I see it from some analysts who say it, or they're just like, ah, but we can't. A crucial part of the team is the coach. Listen, I, I've only done that with one coach ever, and that, that was, uh, that's, that's Mushi, you know? Because uh-huh. uh, I feel like I, you can see a diff. And also, you know, we talk to the players' post game interviews, and every single time they talk about how Mushi does, <laughs> he, how he's a strict controller of everything, and how he does uh-huh. the entire by himself and all that kind of shit but like all the other coaches who the fuck knows what yeah, they course. do 
Uh, it's like uh, the number one thing is when Bulba gets flamed for random stuff. I know I'm friends yeah. with Bulba, <laughs> yeah. so people take it as like bias and things. But you know, I worked with him twice, and so if anybody has like a good idea of what he's like to work with, it would be me. And just take it from me, guys. And somebody will disagree and say, "Well, point to this example." But I will say he's a good coach. He drafts. He sets a really nice, easy strategy for his team to follow. Does he fall short sometimes? Absolutely. But, you know, does he have historically very strong results? Yeah, I mean, you know, he did a good, he does a good job. I liked working with him. I would do it again in a heartbeat. So, do I do okay. stuff for my team? Sure, you know. So, so can, can we clear up what exactly do you do for Liquid? Do you do any strategy? <laughs> do you do any strategy stuff at all? Because people are under the implication that you, you, that you do not do any strategy stuff you were entirely there for relationships yeah let's just keep it at that i'm perfectly fine with that <laughs> honestly like this is a good test for me who am i trying to clarify anything for like if okay my team has a problem with me they can just fire me and they know that i'm like financially comfortable enough that i would not be offended by it it's like uh you know i've offered to leave they said no that's that and i'm not gonna like make it a bigger deal than it is and they won't either so yeah <sighs> but yeah, first. I'll say it. Blitz does is involved in the strategy of Team Liquid. He's mm-hmm. not purely there for emotional stability of everybody. Ah, it's so condescending. But anyways, <laughs> just uh, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. So uh, talk talk to me about like how the, it started with you guys at the start of the season. Because um, I mean, you guys started off um pretty hot you managed to oh you started off also i think on a run up though it didn't actually it looked that way at the start like you had all the easy teams in the beginning because uh, you started off with cool guys who obviously were was the worst team in upper division um and then you beat tickles and og and then you were slated to, to play tundra and secret and initially it looked like i was like oh well they're 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 making their way up the stage, you know, because Tickles probably wasn't expected to be that good. And then OG, um, you know, probably middle of the pack, who knows? Uh, and then Tundra and Secret were going to be this big, scary ones. But it turns out Tickles was actually your, the one of the biggest threats. You guys uh, managed to 2-1 them and OG. Um, so that was like your first two weeks. So you guys had definitely a running start to the season. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, what ended up happening was, uh, so me and Zai went to London to kind of, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, consummate our <laughs> business relationship. You know, it was like it was right, to kind of yeah. show them the high life. We took them right, to a football so, game. So more than just back rubs. Yeah, and then we okay. did. Some, we talked business, obviously. And he's like, "Look, you know, you put the right roster on me. I'm in." I was like, "Okay, sweet. This is roughly what we think it'll be, anyways." And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "All right, great." Um, and then. After, I think we had a really good time in London. I think I, I talked about some of it. Like, we went to a football game. We went to a pretty cool party. Yeah, you talked about the, the party that you went to, and you expected everybody to be dickheads. Yeah, and yeah. And, was, you know, we went to a really nice dinners. For people. Yeah. yeah, and I think that really helped reset Zai. And so I told him that I was going to go to boot camp pretty much, like, pretty soon after that. Maybe a week or something like that. And he said, oh, I'll join you. I feel refreshed. I'm ready to go. So he arrived there a few days early, then uh, everyone else joined shortly after, maybe only like two or three days after that, uh, because 
I think if Zai is there and the rest of the team is like, oh, we should also show that we're committed to this. So Aiden Boxy and uh, Mike showed up pretty shortly after that. Matu was a little bit more complicated since we hadn't, you know, 100% completed everything with him yet. But so is there anything you could say about that, by the way? Uh, Regarding what? M- M- Matu's deal just took longer than. Uh, oh, I mean, Zai's it's just because uh, we weren't really sure who our fifth was. That's, I gotcha. Uh, we knew Zai pretty quickly. I'd say, and the whole Matu thing took a bit of time to work out, just because right. we weren't really sure who we'd get as our fifth. We weighed a lot of options. I mean, that was a really difficult time, because I, you know, I really wanted Max in a lot of ways, but uh, there was just, I just think everybody wanted a fresh start, and I, I, it was just weird, and I always felt like Max would be okay. Um, and, you know, he had offers, too, to play after, but obviously he chose streaming, and he's doing super well at it, which I'm happy for. But yeah, that, that thing took a while. That was like an entire saga of a few days. Mm-hmm. So it took a bit. So anyways, we do that. We get to boot camp, and we just hit the ground running. Everyone's playing like 10 games a day. Our scrims are going horribly, but for some reason, I feel good. Normally, when you your scrims go badly, you feel bad. But uh, the secret boys are telling me, it's fine. Games don't matter. We're learning a lot, um, and I genuinely felt that way. And so the tickle, the cool guy series happens. You know, everyone's super relaxed. We even pick a pudge, pick there. We do some like run at you Dota. Everyone's having a good time. You know, like two sub thirty minute games, no problem. Um, and I think in this team, we probably take the most breaks. Like we we would scrim for like four days, and then we would just chill. I saw some like alliance vlogs where. You know, I saw that they were saying that they were playing all the time. Um, and I think that can work for some teams, but I just felt like our team, it's its a its a marathon, not a sprint, right? And so I didn't want to burn sure. everybody out. So uh, for some teams, that can work, but I just did not think it was going to work for our team. And so we took it a little bit easy. We went into our Tickle series, not really, or our OG series, not really knowing to, what to expect. I mean, they had just 2-0 secrets, so we were kind of scared. But, you know, the games happened. They were really close. I mean, Tommy's a beast. He's so fucking annoying to play against. I knew it would be this way, too. He's so yeah, talented. you guys had a 74-minute game three at the end. Yeah. I mean, that was a real nail-biter. I think that I really clutched that one. He played extremely well. I mean, our entire team played really well, but I think our two new guys, definitely, it was almost instant. I was like, okay, these two guys want us this game. Yeah. Realistically speaking, everybody put in work, but... I really felt like Zai and Matu showed why we wanted them so badly. Um, so then the Tickle series happens. Uh, I think we had okay practices going into that. I think game one was we were kind of getting crushed, and then we took a really nice team fight in Dire Jungle, and then we turned we turned it. Game two, we got outdrafted pretty hard. It was it went fucking horribly. <laughs> that was twenty three minute game, yeah. Yeah, I just remember I was like, oh god, we have like no OD counters, and Mickey was like, guys, <laughs> this one might be a full sended game. And then game three, they did like the sniper thing, and Mickey went absolutely nutty. I remember yeah. Matu was like level four at like twelve minutes, but it didn't matter because Mickey was beyond godlike, and he had like thirty k damage dealt at fifteen minutes or something stupid. Uh, yeah, I feel like by the end of that series, Mickey had solidified himself as like, hey, this th- there's not going to be some like rough, slow start to Liquid's mid lane. 
you know, like mm-hmm. Mickey, Mickey reminder that Mickey is a mid laner and he's back to his role. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we played Tundra and I think we were all really motivated to beat them. Um, we saw a lot of talk that they were, you know, preseason and during the season. Oh, they're the best team. Ugh, like Tundra can mm-hmm. lose. They should have made it to TI. They're going to wipe you this time. And I was like, okay, you know, we're two, we're three and zero at this point. We're the only undefeated team aside them, or actually, mm-hmm. they had lost the secret. I was like, we're the only undefeated team, and yet, you know, Kyle and Effie are chucking. Oh, Tundra's the best. No, I said it first. No, I said it first. I was like, <laughs> All right, I was pretty. I was pretty. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really mad. It was more just like motivation, you know. And yeah, yeah. So then we hit that series pretty hard. Um. So then we go into secret, uh, and I remember game one was like a real slobber knocker. We're going back at it. Game two was, I felt like that was really winnable, but Puppy outplayed the shit out of us. He hit like 15 clutch nightmares in a row, and then we were like, oh god, never giving Puppy Bane again. <laughs> and then we took it, and the game was fine. It was a close game, but Matu's Slardar went absolutely fucking apeshit and killed everybody, which was pretty hype. Uh, and that was like a really, really fun series to win. So then we take a break. Um, we don't get a schedule until like four days before our match or something. And Aiden had planned a trip to America to see some family and stuff. And that was pretty important to him. And it was pretty mm-hmm. necessary uh, for personal reasons. And so uh, we were really in the headspace to kind of play. Yeah, uh, We scrimmed, I think, two days before our Enigma series. Uh, half our team hadn't touched a PC in a while because we thought we were playing on the 15th, and then all of a sudden it's like you're playing on the 11th. Great! <laughs> I was like, Aiden got back home on the 8th, and then we're like, oh shit, we're pretty fucked. Um, so we thought we had more time. I don't blame him at all, uh, and it ended up not mattering. So then we were like, oh, we've got to win this Alliance series. I think we were way too hyped after we won game one, we kind of thought they would just fold over. But you yeah, know, yeah, I think yeah. they, I mean, there's always been like a rivalry between us and them because they were the old alliance. I think mm-hmm. we just keep running into each other. I think I told you that too. Like these fuckers, like we see them at every tournament. We, we knock them out, then they knock us out. And it goes like round and round. I mean, there's not yeah, a lot of yeah. hate, but it's just like, I think we're extra motivated to beat each other. So then, I mean, they came out to play and they looked good. We got away by barely anything. So, yeah, but that was an alliance who had already been eliminated too, and they, uh, they, 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 they went out showing the fact that they're a legit team, and uh, they're not going to stay in lower division for long. I'm, sh- I imagine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then you guys, uh, because of that, you managed to get first. No tiebreaker with Team Tickles um, from. Can I ask from, like, um, ig- ignoring the rankings, um, who would you guys, like, for you personally, right? Matchups are important. So for you personally, who is, like, the the one through seven threat-wise? Like, especially, like, the top three. Is it actually uh, Pickles or... Because, I mean, Secret gave you guys a run for your money. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really scrim Tickles. So it's hard to say. Um, we had really good scrims against Tundra. So I think we felt really confident. We feel really confident against them. But I think it's like a lot of it's a play style thing. You know? Yeah. Like I think Tundra on any given day is really, really scary. 
uh, they might be right up there. Uh, I think OG, uh, like I, it's hard to rank them in any order, but I, I'd say like Tundra, OG, and um, Tickles in any random thing. It's hard to say because okay. again, it's only based on what we scrim and like the yeah, one yeah, official yeah. we played, and we played Tundra and OG so much more than we play Tickles. So um, I think we we haven't really scrimmed Nigma. I mean, they beat us, uh, but I do think like I don't have to really make an excuse we got first uh but i think that we probably weren't as prepared for that match as we were for the other ones mm-hmm. we were we we kind of took a long look at ourselves and we're like wow we were pretty lazy because you know once you win winning feels effortless and you feel like you have to put in less and less effort every time and you keep yeah. winning and then you're like oh i can get away with a little bit more this time so probably me and aiden eating off the face of the earth for three weeks wasn't very conducive <laughs> to winning <laughs> Yeah, and you guys having the very first series uh, back from winter break, you you guys were literally the first series out of all the series. Uh, I mean, we were begging for a schedule, but for some reason there was some <laughs> delay, and it was just like, yeah, you're playing the first. Uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I think things. Uh... I was a good learning experience, anyways. Losing is good. Yeah. And then, uh, so there there was the tiebreaker, which I don't know if you watched the tiebreaker at all. Yeah, we fiended the shit out of it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, uh, what do you think of the tiebreaker and all the series that happened? So we have basically had six best of ones that happened. Bro, I don't we... know. Like Tundra, we were crushing them, and then we thought they were gonna go dead last in this thing, and then all of a sudden they won like fifteen games in a row. They won like their last two series, mm-hmm. and then they just they beat OG. They two O tickles. They two O OG, and then they do it again in the fucking bracket thing right they ended like 7-0 and to end the last three weeks they went 3-0 and in the ties they were 2-0 2-0 and they were it felt like they were they had so much confidence um for secret i really thought they were gonna do it uh but just felt like they haven't really had enough time to gel yet yeah like, i wouldn't worry about them too much because i think that they'll get better over time as long as they don't tilt themselves, they're a really strong team. And Enigma, um, yeah, I mean, something definitely feels a little bit off. Like, they... Something feels a little bit missing. Um, I'm not sure what. They're really good guys, and they're a really good team. But uh, Europe is, like, it's a fucking bloodbath. You know, and it's just yeah. been getting better and better. I feel like in the past, it was always, like, two or three good teams, and so you could sneak by with having some bad performances, because you'd probably just make it TI or majors anyways, right? But now I feel like you just have these guys that just work so hard. Like, nothing to take away from Nigma because they're a good team, but you get, you get these guys like Tickles and Tundra that are just hungry. You get this OG squad that just, like, you can feel how badly they want to win, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and they're not afraid of anything. Like, fucking Amar was, like, six years old when curl one is ti <laughs> with puppy you know like he doesn't give a shit yeah 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 like i don't even i i know a lot of people get on his case about it but like the kid's 16 and he's having fun and he's living the dream and he's beating a bunch of like ti winners and you know at the end of the day everyone talks about like oh the honor of the game it's a video game like calm down you know he's he's dropping oh no he's dropping items in front of us it's so disrespectful how will i ever recover mentally <laughs> What an I, asshole. 
The biggest thing for me is what he did was clever. Uh, that, you know, you do whatever you want. If it's clever enough, I'm down, you know? Yeah. I mean, realistically, who is he hurting? You know, he's yeah. not saying like some really fucked up stuff. He's passive aggressively dropping some items. And like people are clutching their pearls as if it's like the worst thing in the world. Come on, it adds a little bit of personality to the game. My mm-hmm. thing that I would hate more than anything is if like our game became StarCraft where everyone was just like, yeah, you know, we tried our best and, uh, you know, the other team was good. And that's the post game. Mm-hmm. You know, add a little bit of flavor. He said some shit at the end of the Secret Series. You know, he's like, this puppy guy flames me in BZM. I was dying <laughs> laughing. And, you know, and the next time they play, it's going to add that extra oomph. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, it just adds, it, it creates its own rivalry. It's so fun. You know, imagine if, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't imagine this happening, but imagine if, like, uh, what's his name? Nisha just told us all to go fuck ourselves at the end of a game. <laughs> like it would make the next like fifty liquid matchups just so spicy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how are you mad at that guy? I personally don't think it's a big deal. I can see. I'm not stupid. I can see why people might have an issue with it, but I think it's the smallest thing in the world. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's fair enough. We actually had a. Um... We actually had uh, an NA matchup where um, somebody wanted to call out um, their former teammate. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was they wanted to call out uh, Roya, and I think it was Flea. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Eve. He 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 wanted to call out uh, Roya and Flea, and he said, "I'm looking forward to that series because you know they kicked me from the team before, uh, and they they said it was due to uh, lack of lack of performance, and so I've gotten better, and I'm looking forward to beating their ass." And uh, <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, they went ahead and did that. So it uh, it it made the the series so much more hype. As a result of, of that interview, so I mean, there's a level of shit talk that obviously I'm not okay with, and everyone will say like, "Why are you okay with some forms and not others?" Like, but you know, it's like you you should know the line. Yeah, you can kind of feel it. I thought the divine llama thing was a little bit, or not? Who was it? I can't even remember. Scourge McDuck or something. Oh, that yeah. whole thing that was, that was probably a little bit not so classy. I mean, that was just cringy more than anything. That was just yeah. Like, I was just kind of like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> He's sitting there going, "Am I going to do the the humble interview or the based interview?" And I'm just like, "What what are you saying right now?" That was that one was awkward. Did you yeah, see the? the uh, is, I'm going to root against him because it's fun. So yeah, yeah. Did you see the uh, Alexa one? No. Oh, that one that one was a little awkward. I, I asked him about the upcoming series and uh he he said, Yeah, we're gonna rape them. And it was like, holy oh. shit. It, I he's a Serbian guy, so uh you I could see, tell the moment it popped out of his mouth, he was like, Oh fuck. And I had to do the host thing of like apologizing to the audience and like, you know, and he was still on the call and so he probably felt like extra shitty, but Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, one one of those things. He'll he'll never do that again. <laughs> I imagine yeah. he'll be good for interviews in the future because that only happens to you once. Ah, uh, so it's tough. 
yeah, that put that put me in a very awkward position as host. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, fuck. How do I say? It? Uh, I hope that guy just like he felt bad, right? When oh he yeah, said yeah, yeah. It, I no, no, no. He, uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy boy, uh, messaged me and and told me that like, hey, he feels absolutely awful about that. He's so embarrassed. Apparently he came back like because there's a delay, right? And he came yeah. back to the the team call, and he's like, "Guys, I think I fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> so know, yeah, obviously no excusing that. But I'm glad it was just a teachable moment. Obviously, there's some things that like aren't, but you know, mm-hmm. the guy. I think hopefully I have no idea. I haven't even seen the clip, but I hope. Uh, yeah, I mean, just got the opportunity to learn from it. No, it's it's it was very clear. That he uh, he 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 realized that he messed up. So I feel like uh, yeah. I mean, you should be you should still be given some level of room to like be able to grow and make mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. That does not excuse. Uh, please don't misconstrue. <laughs> but you know, it's different because I was born in California, and I. It's like one of the most liberal states. And I had friends and family who, you know, instilled in me that that word was not okay. And luckily I was able to like grow out of it when I was like an edgy teen at like 14. Yeah, um, man. And stuff like that. But I don't, you know, that's privilege in itself, right? And for my own team, like Liquid had media training. Like, hey, here's why you can't say things. And not just why, or here's, you can't say these words. And it wasn't just like you can't say these words. It's like here's why these words aren't okay uh, in like Western culture and stuff like that. And that guy probably didn't have the benefit of the resources that I have. And so yeah, it's like good yeah. to remind myself once in a while that like, hey, not everyone was born in the same situation as I was. Best that I can do is like educate and not just fucking kill them. Yep. Yeah. No, it's definitely uh, like I said, it was definitely a moment that he learned and he'll be like, I have no problem asking him for interviews in the future because <laughs> I could tell just by looking at him that he uh, he was so embarrassed that uh, he won't make that mistake again. So good. That's good. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think uh, a little bit of shit talk definitely uh, helps make our jobs easier as talent. And uh, what made our, our jobs a whole lot worse was the whole major not being there. But then Suns fan leaked the whole online major replacement thing. And what did so, he leak that? Uh, I, he did it on his podcast. <sighs> Fuck, we got to beat him. What do you want to know? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. What's the, what's the juicy stuff? No. What's, uh, what's Gabe smell like? I've never been in close contact. Unfortunate. Well, the uh, so that pretty much wrapped up the the tiebreaker, and now we're going into the online major qualifiers. So you guys yep, yep. are. Uh, it's going to be you guys, Team Tickles, Tundra, and OG. So you guys are actually the veteran team of the top four in Western Europe, which um, <laughs> is a little surprising because you know. Obviously, the last two or three years, your core squad, Insania and them, has kind of been like the, not like 
total novices or anything, but like they've been the up and comers. And now it seems like with Secret Enigma uh, a little bit weaker right now, it's it's actually these young, hungry guys that are coming up. And you guys are actually the experienced old dogs now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I hope if it's if we don't win it, I hope OG does. I really want to have I I, I want to make this as publicly clear as possible. I love Taiga. I want the best for him. Like I really nice. hope he has all the success in the world. Like that's how I always felt. If it, I was really hoping that they would uh, beat Tundra, not because I dislike anybody on Tundra, but it would have been hyped to see them go like top two against Tickles, and then you know, mm-hmm. uh, it would have been like us into OG, and that would have been like my perfect dream scenario. But I, yeah. I think maybe now we have to play them first. I imagine it's one one place four, two place three. I was literally going to ask you that. I, I, I've been assuming the same, uh, that it's just going to be seated based off of uh, who plays where. So you guys are going to match up against them right away, uh, which will be interesting. When do you guys start uh, boot camping for that? I assume you guys uh, have been taking a break for a bit. So we, we started playing pubs again on the 25th. I think our last game was when... Uh, our last game was on the 8th. No, that's not right. Our last game was on the... 18th yeah i told the guys take like the week off and then start playing pubs on the 25th um we scrim officially on the third i believe we go to our okay. camp on the fourth or maybe it's the second i'm just uh, let me double check for you either way that it's gonna be about a week yeah we have two scrims uh, a day your first match yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have two scrims a day until the uh fourteenth. Or are your scrims uh two game series or best of threes? Uh two game series. We usually okay. play four games total a day. So it's how, like how do, how does that two. regiment go? It, like do you guys play them I presume you guys don't play them back to back. No, we usually have an hour in between. It depends on scheduling. Like sometimes for example, uh Spirit is like tier one for us to play. So okay. We'll move a lot of things around for Spirit. They were good friends with. We're we're a very friendly team, if that makes sense. Sure. Even before when we were on the come up last season, both squads. So we make room for each other a lot. Um, and so whatever they want to do, we're usually down for. It's fun to play them. Uh, there's like a little bit of an extra edge to it, you know. So yeah. we'll we'll scrim them whenever, and so we'll make some time. But most of the time, if it's possible, we'll have like an hour break in or something. I don't think that's weird to reveal that we scrim spear, right? It's like no, I don't think so at all. I mean, it's pretty well known that uh, people within the same region, while the DPC is going on, don't actually scrim against each other that much because yeah. obviously you're going to play against each other. So it's usually Western Europe plays Eastern Europe, right? Yeah, I mean, we probably so. play we probably scrim like Spirit and. Um, Puck Champ the most. And this was even before the DPC started. Probably Spirit oh, of yeah. Champ. Could you guys tell that Puck Champ was going to be good? Because uh, they, they've been my my favorites for a while. Yeah, so I don't know if I messaged you this, but um, you know when I said scrims weren't going so well? I'm looking at it. So, really cool thing that Jabs and Chloe both do together is that they there's this really nice scrim scheduled doc mm-hmm. um, where I can look back to our scrims from a year and a half ago. And not wow. just see who we scrim, but the results and the match ID and the draft and like who we played, like players and everything. It's a really nice doc. 
Uh, and so I saw that Puck Champ was kind of giving us the fucking hands all the time. And yeah, it kind of just blew. I felt like we could tell that they were good pretty quickly. Because um, they just kept beating us. I'm looking at this thing. <laughs> they keep kicking the shit out of us. And yeah, it's... Uh, I guess you can kind of just tell that because you play against them and they get better. And I, I thought for a second our team just sucked. I was like, oh god, we suck. We're just losing to these guys all the fucking time. Like I see Puck Champ 2-0, Puck Champ 2-0, Puck Champ 1-0, Puck Champ 1-0. I was like, oh god. Um, but yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that Puck Champ team, uh, so I was casting Eastern Europe um, and uh, I, could, I could tell right away uh week one they came out the gate they beat uh ace monaco gambit and navi and they look so good doing it and i was like these guys these guys are going to be the team that that tries to contest team spirit and uh and i was hoping there was going to be a better series between the two of them um but unfortunately team spirit just whomped the shit out of them uh 2-0 pretty hard in uh in week two but they uh they still managed to clean everybody else out so they even they they looked a little bit they actually we talked to them about it they were a little shook by the way team spirit uh just banged on them so hard that they actually lost a bit of confidence and their vp series as a result actually went to a game three mm-hmm. um and same goes with their series against mind games but other than that they 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 were just like were clean to owing people they they look so good yeah, it's actually like the one region I haven't really watched, but I'm not surprised. Like uh, looking at our scrim results, they beat the shit out of us. It, it was actually kind of depressing for a while. I was thinking to myself, man, we. Yeah, who we are these puck champ guys? God, we <laughs> suck. Do I need to quit? We're not going to win a single game in this DPC. <laughs> Fuck, this blows. I was genuinely really worried for a little bit. Yeah. We kept losing. Ah. Yeah, uh, we we figured it out. You know, we turned it back around, and I'm pretty happy about that. Did uh, so earlier? You said that the team secret guys, uh, Matu and and Zai said, you know, it's all good. We're it, this is fine. We're learning. Was that? Um, it, do you feel like with the old liquid, um, without those two voices, would the old liquid be a little bit more depressed, a little bit more like worried about all those losses? I mean, every single team I've ever been on since the dawn of time has always cared about scrim results to a certain extent. Yeah, and not just scrim result, but like the effort that you put into scrims and stuff like that matters even more. And okay. um, you know, I kind of got on their cases, and Matu was like, "I will try harder in scrims, but you know, don't worry about scrim." He was telling me like, "I care zero. The vibe feels Whoa. good, atmosphere's good. You know, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up when it fucking matters. If I can <laughs> did." Okay, so um, was Montu that way when you were on the old Team Liquid with Kermit? No, but I think it was a bit different because it was like his first team ever, right? And so sure, sure. He had a little bit less wiggle room, whereas here he's we rely on him as our veteran. So sure. Aiden is the captain, for sure, but Montu has a big voice thing. And if he says, hey guys, listen, practice isn't going well, but we're a good team, trust me. It, it hits a little bit differently. I mean, these guys have so much confidence, you have no idea. Die and Matu. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been probably the biggest thing. Is whenever I go into a match, I feel like they know what they're doing at all times. And it's not like Max and Tommy didn't, but 
it's different because these guys have accomplished so much, you know, and their confidence. Because I would say that a problem with our team was like, uh, collectively as five, I think our confidence was not amazing. Mm. Whereas, you know, Zai and Matu are so forceful about it, about how confident they are. And this isn't just a knock on Tommy and um, Koikfa or anything like that. If anything, I think they're a little bit more stable in that regard, especially Koikfa. But, you know, our guys get nervous. Mike gets nervous. I can tell Aiden gets nervous from time to time. Same with Boxy. He gets tilted. Whereas, like, Matu and Zai are just, like, cool customers. Like, we're going to fucking win this game. Like, mm. relax. Everybody calm down. We're going to win this game. And, yeah, I mean, if you go into the games with that attitude, and our team is young and naive, and they believe them. Then they, we always feel like we're going to come back into a game, and so we play yeah. it out fully. Which is why a lot of our games look a little bit weird, and then people say, "Ah, you made this great comeback and stuff." But it's all part of the plan, baby. Would it? Would any of that, uh, like, since Montu did change, do you feel like that was just time, or do you feel like some of that was his time on Secret? Like considering they both came from secret do you feel like that's a philosophy that they carried over from that that team uh i mean it's hard for me to say um because i think they said they want to kind of be liquid to be liquid Mm -hmm. uh and that was like their their own thing and stuff like that Uh, but i just feel like they're naturally like that i'm sure they picked stuff up from that team and brought it over too but it's hard to see like what all right. Well, that pretty much uh, wraps up the the team stuff. We've got uh, a whole bunch of other shit that's happening in Dota. I don't know uh, what of it you want to talk about. You want you want do you want to talk about the all the Valve stuff that has been going on? You got anything to say about that? Wait, which stuff? Like the major and things like that? Yeah, the major being canceled. The players and uh, well, certain some players being very vocal um, about. Valve not doing a good enough job. Uh, the change that happened with Valve, how they uh, they apologized and created this online system. Uh, apparently, there was a team meeting involved as well. I think sometimes. Uh, how do I say this? Um, yeah, I mean, I think definitely it was very nice to hear from Valve. Like, our bad. Uh, I don't want to like pile on the shitstorm because I know that people that work there are ultimately human beings, and for the most part, I like everyone that works there. You know, yeah. I've met them; they're real people. They're not just like some faceless entity that kind of just exists that I can like throw my hate at. I've had very good, real human interac- interactions with these people, but Same. they're not. It's not like they're infallible. They will make mistakes and stuff like that. And because the level of where they're at and where this is like our livelihood. These mistakes feel even bigger for us, uh, which they are, obviously. They impact my livelihood. They impact the livelihood of the people around me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I hope that they would take into consideration that, you know, this is like my life and the life of like everybody that I know and love. So it's easy for people like Quinn and stuff to get emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you know, I can accept too that somebody. I think it's nice that somebody can swallow their pride, especially a giant company like Valve that ultimately doesn't need Dota. Like they would still survive. I, I saw a lot of people say that their reputation would take a hit. No one gives a fuck. People are still going to use Steam. I can be like boycott Steam. What am I going to go to? Like some other game store? That would suck. 
You know, yeah. I, I play Pummel Party with my friends all the time. What I'm going to do, boycott and be like, I'll just watch through Discord instead. <laughs> you know, I use Tabletop Simulator all the time. I play Back for Blood. Like, uh, I play CSGO. <laughs> it's uh, impossible to escape it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I do appreciate everything that they do. Um, and I'm glad that they recognize, too, that they can do more. And I hope that the relationship works out better on both sides. And that teams are also good with their requests and stuff like that. And it's just like a healthier overall working environment. Sounds like I'm not being harsh on them enough, but it's just like everyone said the things that I wanted to say. It's nice to address the human element once in a while. I'm all about that like fucking forgiveness shit lately. Mm. Not just piling on and getting mad about about things. I think they realize at this point that people are fucking mad as shit at them. And rightfully so, but what am I going to do adding to the tinder of that? Yeah. They're, they made a mistake. <laughs> They're trying to fix it. What more, like, of course I can just keep haranguing them about your mistakes, but, you know, it's like in a pub where you fuck up and some guy just sits there and says, like, you're a fucking idiot. You're like, yeah, my yeah, bad, bro, yeah, but you're so stupid. Do you realize how fucking <laughs> stupid you are? No, like, they're people too. They fuck up. They understand the scale at which they fucked up. They're trying to make it better. They're trying to do a better job of communicating. I'll be mad if this leads to nothing, but I will have full faith and trust. And if they burn it again, well, so be it. I don't want to just live super cynical my entire life. Okay. I think that's fair. It did give me pause that the... Because I do feel like this isn't the first time that this has come up, but absolutely not, my friend. But what, you know, what what what's our play in this situation? You know, like where do I, where am I meant to stand here? Yeah. I'm not that smart. You you, so can, if, you do kind of have to just um just hope and believe in them. Yeah, because there's no other option. <laughs> they control so much of my game. What am I gonna do? You know what? I'm gonna publicly yeah. declare on this podcast that 400 people listen to. No, just like, come on. <laughs> I hope. Maybe you'll say, like, you're naive and you're an idiot and you should be harsh on them. Maybe all those things are absolutely true, but I'm stupid. And if you can explain to me why and how stupid I am, you know, I'll eat that humble pie. But I'm also okay just living in blissful ignorance and letting smarter people handle things for me, telling me how to feel. They're saying that I should be angry. So be it. Yeah, I think that it's... uh. I, I also felt like um, I didn't have to say too much about it just because there was so much shit spread around. Uh, and unfortunately, with the, the just internet communities in general, once they start getting hopped on something, then it's like a race to the bottom, you know? Like people mm -hmm. people uh, really start going to the extremes. It goes from, like, correct criticism to, like, a little bit over the line to, like, way over the line and not even, like actually pertaining to the current argument like yeah it, uh, it evolves real quickly i saw some somebody say something about uh things like reddit and twitter it was like once you understand the general sentiment of things where things are going the new thing to do now is to find the the harshest or like the most sarcastic take on that and go as yeah. far over the line as possible i've been reading that a lot in the nba subreddit there's this player named ben simmons who's you know, in my opinion, trash. I should talk him all the time on my uh, new Reddit account, which I only use to post on NBA or NFL. <laughs> but I, you know, I think uh -huh. he's, I think he's Garbo. But people are talking as if he's like 
the worst player of all time, and he would make every single team worse. That's just not true. You know, he's still an all-star, but because public backlash is, like, so against him, now it's like, you can't just say that he has holes in his game. You've got to say, like, this guy is so trash. He might make, like, one million a year next year. He's fucking garbage. Nobody wants him. It's like, okay, <laughs> calm down. You know, like, let's be reasonable here. You know, he might not be, like, a top 30 player, but, like, he's probably still a top 50 player. He's still, like, yeah. all defense. No fucking calm down. He's still a great facilitator, and he's, like, six foot ten, and he's young. Let's all relax a little bit here. So, yeah. You know, Quinn spoke very eloquently. I'm not going to beat that. The only way I could top that is if I said <laughs> something, like, more radical. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, I own, like, a goat farm, and, like, I don't know, Valve just decided one day they were going to buy it to spite me. And then they put up a signpost next to my house saying, we own all your goats, you dumb motherfucker. Not not much beats the the metal cage analogy of a bunch of teams starving and then Valve just tossing in food every once in a while. Yeah, like, <laughs> what am I going to say to, like... <laughs> not, not much beats that analogy, man. That was such a good analogy. Oh, fucking Quinn's hilarious. Quinn is funny. You know, I mean, this man... You know, he doesn't just hit talk. He really gets in there. <laughs> he gets into the mind of like. Uh, you know, there was a. I, I haven't actually talked to you about this because it, it just happened. The uh, the you see the ESL bit. Well, I'm, I can't imagine you missed it. ESL being bought out by um, SGG, who's an extension of. Um, the public investment fund, which is an arm of the Saudi Arabian government. Yeah, I saw that. Of course I did. I'm not blind. Yeah. I mean, just, you have any thoughts on that? Mm. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's like, uh, of course I do. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't represent only my own interests. And maybe that's a cop-out answer, and I'm a punk and stuff like that. But nah, I think that's fair. I think it's a, a very, very touchy subject. I saw something that Frankie wrote regarding it because everyone was getting mad about this like thing. Why she didn't speak out instantly. First of all, I'm thinking like, so you just had a kid and just like went through the most stressful TI ever where everyone fucking just hated on her. Probably like flung shit her way 24 seven. Even if you feel like she deserves it, you know, this lady just had a kid. Give her a second. Fucking recoup. Not everyone just sits there refreshing Twitter and like looking for like the next take. She said something like, you know, if I speak out on this and if I decide not to work ESL, then I'm pretty much done with CS, which I think she's doing right, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird because ESL runs and Dream League run, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the EPC. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, what it, what I what tricky. I what I dislike the the most right now is the the narrative that uh and 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 I feel like I I watched this um I was actually watching um Richard Richard Lewis and Thorin and, and Monte Cristo and they were talking about this uh this narrative of how like um you know you can't get up on your high horse and like talk out about things and of course they 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 say virtue signaling because it's like the hot mm -hmm. hot word to say um but like you can't you can't virtue signal you can't like speak out about things because all of a sudden you have to speak out about everything 
And I, I really, really disagree with that. I, I feel like people are just like, like I get to some extent that, you know, like if you want to, like if you feel like somebody is being like overly preachy and like talking down to people and talking about how like everyone's so garbage and like how all their moral decisions are wrong or whatever. And then, you know, it, it is it, it is a bit of schadenfreude to see them caught up in, in that same thing. But I, that's absolutely not what, like, Frankie, and I, that I think of Frankie, right? I think it's okay that, like, you can stand up for some things and not stand up for, like, literally everything. You do what you can, where you can, to make the world a better place. And that doesn't mean fighting every single battle. Just because you choose to fight one thing doesn't mean you have to fight everything. Yeah. Did you ever see that thing I linked to? It was like the Copenhagen Interpretation of Ethics. I think I sent yeah. you that article. It's like, uh, if you guys haven't, it was a nice read. Uh, essentially, like the idea is like that when you observe or interact with a problem in any way, you can be blamed for it. And at the very least, you're to blame for not doing more. Like So even if you don't make the problem worse, even if you make it slightly better, the ethical burden of the problem falls on you as soon as you observe it. In particular, if you interact with a problem and benefit from it, you are a complete monster. Um, and I thought about this. I remember I was having a conversation with some people in the talent green room. The you know the Drake music video had just come out where he did God's Plan, and in mm-hmm. the music video he gives out like I don't know like a million dollars plus budget. And you know everyone was saying like how tacky and shitty it was, and how it was a shitty music video, and should have donated the money like behind the scenes. Yeah, he could have given away that money. He didn't need to record a video of him giving away that money. And you are absolutely right. correct. And he absolutely did benefit from this video. You know, it went viral and everything like that. But at the same time, like, uh, I don't want to call anybody out, but it wasn't like I was going around to, like, families and, like, giving away scholarships and stuff like that. You know, I donate to charity here and there, but it's not like I'm actively spending that level of my net worth. And even if you say, like, oh, a million dollars is nothing to Drake, am I and the people criticizing that realistically donating on a regular basis the same level of our net worth? to a cause Mm -hmm. in any way no and he could have just not given out that money but like that money did ultimately help you um so yeah i mean sometimes like you can't really fix everything but you can you know like the end of the 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 end of the article is pretty much just like but what if noticing a problem didn't make it any worse what if we could act on a problem and not feel horrible for making it just a little better uh what if we said that in these instances, these groups aren't evil? It's okay to notice the problem and only make it a little bit better. If everyone did that, the world would be a vastly better place. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. been the, the internet trolling and uh, of just like fishing for, for people to, to be able to uh, just cook over a stove and be like, you know, like, why didn't you? Why aren't you doing more for all of these things when, you know, like these people are just doing their best they're doing what they can what they they, you know not everybody has the capacity to to be able to quit their job and go around doing charity 24 7 Uh, you know i think it's uh it's 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 a real bad place in our society where we we can't just appreciate people trying to do good things where they can for uh, sure it, I mean, it, like at that point in time, like why, why do anything good ever? Why, why yeah. try and help in any problem if you're only just going to be asked, like, why aren't you doing more for this other problem? Or like, if you helped here, if you donated here or supported this cause, why aren't you supporting that cause? You know? Yeah, I mean, 
uh, I don't know. It's super interesting and weird uh, phenomenon that just like exists. Um, it feels like something that is very tied into the internet. This phenomenon. Of course. I feel like in 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 person that doesn't actually happen as much, right? I, I guess part of it is the uh, the anonymity of it. Being able to like, if you do it in person, then that then you are also being like you're also putting yourself out there, and that person also gets to judge you and look at you and be like, okay, but what have you done? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like this. Um, I obviously have thoughts on many things that I am not. Let's say like. I, I don't think I, I really love liquid in the sense that I think they would support me all the way for most things. Obviously as long as I don't say anything that like really hurts anybody. But even if I said something controversial, you know, I um I'm not sure. It's really weird because I for myself I can say these things. Uh and if I get fired or whatever, so be it. But I also have a team, I have a manager, I have uh, our assistant coach and stuff like that, and there are repercussions to the things that I say. And I wish people were a little bit more empathetic in that regard to like, um, to the teams that will have to make some weird fucking decisions in the upcoming months and stuff like that. I have no idea what we'll do. I really don't. We haven't really talked about it as a team or anything. Obviously, things just happened. But yeah, it's it's a little bit more complicated than than just that. <laughs> well, I imagine. Uh, you know, you you don't have to say anything here, but I imagine nobody's gonna really do shit. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's going to be some mass boycott unless it comes from the ESL employees themselves. In which case, more power to them. I'll add my voice to to theirs. But uh, m- much like all the other investments that the public investment fund has, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> don't uh, don't expect uh, people to be mass boycotting uh, uber or you know i actually all i know is uber but i imagine there there are a lot of other uh a lot of other companies out there that the pif has their their fingers on so i imagine uh, nothing's really going to come of this and it's just going to be one of those one of those uh, shitty situations that is in the world everywhere but now is a little bit more intimately uh, in our faces in esports. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting. It's like a watershed moment, you know? Like, what level of things are we okay with and stuff like that? Yeah, it's but... pretty much like, are we going to differentiate ourselves from, like, regular sports? Because obviously this happens in regular sports all the time. So. Yeah, I follow football and uh, <laughs> Formula One. I'm a Tottenham For- Formula fan One. now. Yeah. It's like, uh, but, yeah, fuck, man. One day, if I ever like, uh, if I ever hit the lottery, and you know my family can like comfortably live off of that, I'll publish a tell-all about every experience that I've ever had in Dota. About everybody, about everything, nice. including like everything. Because <sighs> I'm not like, <laughs> I don't think I've done anything like terrible. But have I been a shitty person to people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. Have I done anything that I think is irredeemable? Absolutely, but absolutely not. But no. Same time, like I wish I could afford these things, and if I could also like 
tell all the homies like, yeah, I'll cover you too, and all the consequences as well. You know, I would gladly do that. But I can't. I'm not even close to that, so. All right. What a Who weird, knows? like, non-answer that fucking went in circles. I don't even know if that's nah. publishable. I don't really care nah, that much, though. I think I think it was a I think it was a good discussion. I think it was a, a nice big brain discussion. It may not be what people want. People want like, you know, fuck ESL, I'm boycotting some shit, or you know, like. But that's just not going to happen. And uh, I wanted to bring something up. I wanted to bring yeah. up two things real quick. One is. Uh, uh, so I noticed that we we talk about Dota all the time, and I just want to talk to you about this. And it's not like a super private thing, say it. Similar to the party okay. thing and how I felt, felt my worldview shift a little bit. I had something happen to me recently that also did this in some ways. Two things. One, uh, I noticed when you send somebody a recommendation for something, it's like a 10% chance they'll take it seriously. But when you find it yourself, it's like 10 times better. Hmm. Yes. That's not the mind-breaking thing, but I just kind of had that observation. Okay. It's like, uh, you yeah, know, I started yeah. listening to this artist, Phoebe Bridgers, which I think I sent you. And yes. somebody, I, my, I sent it to another friend. He's like, I sent you this artist like <laughs> two weeks ago. And I was like, damn. And I did listen to what he clicked me, linked me, but I didn't like it as much versus uh-huh. when I was the one that found it. It's not like she's like some crazy underground artist, but it felt like more special. Maybe I'm gatekeeping artistry. I'm not sure. But, uh, well, yeah. I, I'll be honest, it, it didn't hit me. So, you know, maybe in two weeks' time, I'll, I'll rediscover it myself and fall in love. But <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I, I was listening to something she said about her music, and it was like, uh, my music is not for emo people. Or some, it was like, it was more just like, it's okay to sing about sad songs and it not be like your aesthetic. You can just, it's a period of your life. I saw some tweet that she retweeted that was like, one third of your emotions is like sadness and it's okay to sing about it. And I thought about that in my personal life. Like, you know, whenever I get sad, I get really dramatic about it. Um, cause mm. I'm a dramatic person. And that's why I always like reference Reddit and stuff like that. And I always try to make it about like versus them, which I'm trying to do less of obviously. Um, and I'm trying to like evolve and really think about my personal growth as a person. Part of it that I realize is it's okay to be sad and it doesn't have to mean anything more than that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that I have like some deep-rooted problems or anything like that. Because uh, that kind of does a disservice to people that do have like uh, problems and stuff like that. For me, I can just be sad. It doesn't have to be anything more than what it is. Like, I think when I was younger, I used to romanticize being sad. You know? Mm-hmm. I think some of the uh, the Russian Dota community is doing that right now. <laughs> you know, with like the thousand minus three or something thing, and uh, everybody's like, yeah, emotional kid, depressed kid, sad depressed kid. Like, yeah. there's just like it's like the the wave in the aesthetic now. And yeah, I mean, I understand it. I went through that phase too. But as an adult, I'm beginning to realize, and maybe I made this jump really late, and I'm a piece of shit. But it's not. It doesn't have to be more. There doesn't have to be a deeper meaning into my life as to why I'm sad. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can just be sad, and I can like sad music, and that's okay. 
and I can I don't have to like share it with the world that I'm sad or anything. I don't have to tweet about it. I can just tell my girlfriend like, hey, I feel kind of bad today. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. I just do. You know. Yeah. No, there was um. I mean, as as far as that aesthetic was, wasn't there that uh, there was there was some novel that set off like um some movement. Uh, Twilight. Was it this one? No, 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 no. I'm talking about. Um, I know. I was just missed some some <laughs> some some novel in like the 1800s, like the young sorrows of like. Anyway, it was a it was a very emo book. I think it was uh, if, if I recall, like the main character ends up committing suicide at the end and uh the novel was well written uh but it set off like this entire like movement where a whole bunch of people um just fell in love with this character and fell in love with the idea of of being this uh melancholy young artist and uh, you know a lot of people really bought into as you say that aesthetic um but yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a whole lot more than that. Everybody gets sad. It's okay to just you know, you can you can wall a little bit in that sadness, but you don't need to to make it much more than it is. Yeah, like bro, you're not unique. Everyone suffered heartbreak. I've been rejected yeah. so many times. It uh, it happens, and that's okay. And you'll move on. Some people have genuine like mental health issues that they can't escape and have to like take medication for and stuff. That I was like, hundred percent, that sucks. But I can't relate to that because in reality, my problems aren't. You know, they just manifest themselves in ways that I want to feel bad for myself, which is something important for me to recognize. That's like where I'm lucky. You know, my mm-hmm. brain's not actively fighting. It's not like people with depression clinical depression or like weaker than me or anything just yeah. some of the fucking you don't have some or, chemical imbalance that yeah, requires you like, to have medication some rng that. shit that i want and so it, it's like a disservice to them for me to be like ah, i can be sad for a bit and it's it can be nothing more than that that's okay yeah. i'm not deep because i listen to phoebe bridgers <laughs> i can just enjoy her music for what it is. All right. Did I tell you? Yeah. No. What? You want to end it? I can if you want. No, I mean, if you got more, I, I didn't have any more. So, but if you got more, go for it. Bro, I'm trying to cut right now. Wait. And yeah. it is fucking miserable. For anybody that had to do it for New Year's, just stick with it, please. It's so worth it. I got up to like 206. Now I'm down to like 192, and it's a struggle every single day. But it goes by, and you're not in this alone. I really hope people know that. If you're like trying to lose weight, you can message me. You know, if you just want somebody to talk to, and life's hard, probably like, how many views does it get on Spotify? Like 40? You can DM me on Twitter. I'll read it. Actually, do it on Instagram. At BlitzDota. Instagram? You know, if you just want to chat and say, like, King, life sucks today, bro. I might not offer you more than, like, a, yeah, man, I completely agree. But if that's enough for you, then... <laughs> he might respond, Lamau. Lamau. I won't trivialize. I'll just say, like, damn, that sucks. And if that's okay, then you're welcome to, like, 
message me like yo we can go with okay now i think is the end of the podcast